0: Hello ladies and gentlemen. My name is Mike Gormley and we are walking through our wonderful pilgrimage to Our Lady of the Angels Chapel. Now, here's an important thing that we need to talk about with these relic reveal videos that Jay just pointed out to me. Thank you, Jay. You're a good man. We have 27 relics that we are presenting. Plot twist. One of them is not a saint. And we'll get more onto that later. I am so excited about today's saint. Today's saint is a family favorite. Uh, You might know her as the little flower St. Therese of Lisieux, or as my son calls it when he tries to read it, St. Terzi of Lixiux. (laughs) Today we're going to talk about St. Therese, people. St. Therese, the little flower of the little way of the little things that she talks about. It is so wonderful to have this saint, and it's a funny story that we've actually had this saint in our reliquary the whole time. We actually mis- <laughs> mislabeled it as St. Teresa of Avila. Uh, you know, no small fry. No small fry. St. Therese was named after St. Teresa of Avila. But it was only until the lowly coordinator of liturgy, Brian Jones, examined the relics after he first started working here that he says, oh no, this is St. Therese of Lisieux. Right? So we were, t- we were totally off. So we're getting all of our relics recertified and relabeled. Thank you, Father Carlos. But in this process, we got to talk about the great Saint Therese, right? So many of us uh, might have a devotion to her, but you might not know about her life. So I'm going to give you a quick recap, but here's the deal. she ha- We know so much about her, right, that Mr. J, he wrote a stunning, stunning biography of her that you can find on ap.church slash saints. To talk about Saint Therese, we have to talk about her amazing... Parents, Louis and Zelly. Now, the beautiful thing about this this couple, they're so unique. They both wanted to enter the religious life. But they couldn't, and they didn't. They got married. So then they resolved secretly to live as brother and sister and to live a celibate life devoted to prayer, even though they were married. Well, one day in confession, a priest found out about this and said, you guys shouldn't do this. You shouldn't get married and then not live the Christian marriage. So they had nine kids. Now, tragically, four of them would not survive past young age. So Therese was the youngest of nine. And by the five of her siblings who were left, they doted on her and adored her. She was like the little doll of their family. And guess what? She spoiled. As a baby of the family, let me tell you, I too know the joys of being spoiled like that. But she became kind of a kind of a little tyrant as a little girl. Her father used to call her the little queen because she would bark orders to everyone. And it was funny because it was actually at Christmas time in the tradition in uh, France, they would put out their shoes and they would fill their shoes with presents, where it similar to what we do with stockings, right? But uh, her sister, who was a little bit older than her, Celine, the last one left at home. The rest had entered the convent. Saint Therese had this moment of of conversion, of interior, instantaneous maturity, where her father looked at the shoes on the floor with the presence and he said to himself, "Thank God, this is the last year we'll have to do this because Therese is supposed to be growing out of this." And Therese heard, and her sister freaked out and was like, "Oh no, oh no, she's going to be upset." And apparently, according to her memoirs, "Story of a Soul." she realized and like realized like it's time to put away childish things like st paul says in 1 corinthians 13 And she stopped. She didn't cry. She wasn't overwhelmed. She wasn't sad. She just realized now I have to be a woman. Therese was a fascinating individual. She was very sickly at one point. Her family would pray around her almost continuously. And they had this Mary statue that whenever they would pray for her, they would pray in front of the Mary statue and then they would put it in her room. One day, apparently, the Mary statue smiled at her and she was instantaneously healed. But sickness would dog Teresa's whole life. Not just the fact that she died of tuberculosis at the age of just 24, but also that her mother would die of breast cancer when she was young, and she watched her. You can imagine in the 1800s, watching your beloved mother die, which is why... Therese of is one of the patrons of people who have lost parents. So as Therese would become 14 years old, she began to have a great zeal to enter religious life. This was something that was put onto her heart. Now, Mount Carmel, for those of you who don't understand, a cloister is completely shut off from the world. The Carmelites live in cloisters which means that once you enter Carmel and you are a nun, you do not leave Carmel and people can't, they can come and visit you in the like kind of like the opening part of the cloister, but they can't come inside and hang out and hug you and all that stuff. So your life is kept hidden unto God. And so Therese would leave, uh, it's kind of a fascinating story, she would leave and go to the convent and beg to enter Carmel and she was constantly rejected. She needed to be 16, she was 14. So she goes to her bishop and begs her bishop, and the bishop says, no. So then she makes a pilgrimage to Rome, and while the pilgrims were instructed not to speak out, she began screaming to the pope, I want to enter in Carmel, help me enter into Carmel. Now, the pope did not feel like it was his place to tell a religious order how to live their life, but the vicar general was so impressed that he gave instructions for her to enter. And at the age of 15, a whole year early, she entered into the convent where she began her famous work of doing small things with great love. St. Therese of Lisieux was a wonderful saint. In fact, I read the writings of a Benedictine monk who said, I began to practice the little way of St. Therese. I thought she was a 17-year-old girl when she started doing this. I can clearly uh, do this as a grown man living in a in a monastery like she did her cloister. One of the things that she did was she loved the most difficult sister in the order, and it was so funny because no one liked this woman. She just had a rough personality. When Therese died, the woman thought her and Therese were best friends because that her whole job was to love the unlovable as Christ loved me. And this Benedictine monk said, so I began doing that at my monastery. I chose the most disagreeable monk. I lasted 24 hours. She is stronger than I'll ever be. Loving other people to the Therese's little way is the way of Christianity. What do we mean by this? Well, she said that when she would read the stories of the saints, and I don't know if you feel like this too, they're almost unapproachable. They're, you know, Sometimes the writings of them seem superhuman or inhuman, and they can appear, as St. Therese says, like mountains, and I am but the dirt that passers by trodden over without even noticing. So she began to say, well, I don't need to be a mountain. I can just be this. I can be a small speck. I can be this one individual little thing, but in all of the little things with my life, I can give great glory to God in them. And this is the importance of understanding the role of holiness and the role of our Christian life, right? Because you and I might not be uh, a famous director of evangelization or creative tech specialist uh, operations officer like Jay over here. That's your title, right, Jay? There it is. The reality is, brothers and sisters, we might not have people yearning to read the books of our lives, right, our story. We might, might not be famous or whatever, but the reality is that sanctity can come to each of us. All we need to do is say yes and keep saying yes to Jesus Christ. The little way is a beautiful understanding of how to give glory to God St. Teresa of Lisieux, who went from her beautiful family home into the convent and died at 24 years old, is the patron saint of missionary work. Why? Because Pope John Paul II saw in her witness a zeal for souls that her mission might have just been, her mission field might have just been the convent. So, too, our mission field might be our family, our workplace, right? Our our church, our local community. It might not be the world or going to some foreign nation or whatever. But this is where we practice the little way. St. Therese of Lisieux was canonized about 20-something years after her death. Pope John Paul II made her a doctor of the church. She is incredible. And I would encourage you, if you want to read a spiritual autobiography, pick up St. Therese's The Story of a soul and learn how in imitating this young French spoiled little queen who became a mature, wise, holy woman that in her life and by her testimony, you can see how to best imitate Jesus Christ. All right, brothers and sisters, join me next week for our next relic reveal as we continue the pilgrimage to Our Lady of the Angels uh, Chapel here at our beautiful church. Also, we are going to take a brief two-week break for Christmas, and then we will resume our walk with the relics uh, for the first week in January. Join us, stay tuned, and make sure that you like, subscribe, and mash that. uh, Just kidding. I don't know why I decided to do a uh, YouTuber thing all right ladies and gentlemen don't forget to like this video if you're watching it on facebook be sure to share it maybe you can share it with someone who you think would benefit from this message or just share it to your facebook profile page so people can know the great glory that is coming to the woodlands all of these beautiful relics 26 saints plus a bonus Uh, stop it uh, we will see you next week god bless